Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Live. Good morning, everybody. Morning. 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 How are we doing today? Great. Good. Really good. Oh, great. <laughs> um, oh, Stephen, you're on this call too, huh? I just had to hear everybody. I'm uh, I'm officially on my lunch break. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Like, I need to hear everyone. <laughs> uh, well, since you're here, Stephen, why don't you pray us in? Ah, you devil. <laughs> <laughs> I should have been a wallflower. Okay. <sighs> Let's take a big breath in and sigh a big breath out. We just give thanks for this uh, wonderful collection of people today from from all over and and just bask in this uh, joy and love that we all just are like soaked up in now. And we offer up uh, all challenges of the week that may have popped up and and just affirm our perfection as the the lights and carriers of God's love. And we spread that light and love throughout the world. And so it is. So it is. So it is. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, real quick. I'm just going to take roll. Here. Okay, uh, so Stephen is here, but he is here earlier this week as well. Um, What's today? Today is the 28th. So Wednesday was what, the 26th? Next, I think. Okay. Um, all right. So uh, Amina was also in on the 26th. L.E., are you here? Mar? Hi, Mar. Hey. Uh, Brian? I'm here. Chris? Yes. Mike? Here. Great. Lisa? I'm here. Great. Uh, Georgina? Uh, Tom was down the 26th. So is Patsy. So is Kelly. And Sushant, are you here? Uh, yeah, Jesse, I'm here. Great. Uh, did I miss anyone? All right, cool. Beautiful. All right, group. So I thought that we would just spend the first part of um, class today uh, just going over and expressing and sharing um, about retreat, your experience on retreat, and also um, what your week has been like after retreat, all the insights, the joys, the 
good stuff, plus the challenges uh, and things like that. So the group is open for discussion, and who I would like to share can share. This is Mike from New York. Um, <clears throat> I uh, The one thing I did, I felt like the physical sadness, because I really miss you guys, um, and I just want to, like, express how happy I was to get a chance to meet you and um, and just uh, hang out with you guys for, um, like, about a week. Um, so I was like, oh, I miss my community, but, you know, also understanding that, you know, we are part of this, this spiritual consciousness. So uh, we are still together, and uh, I was looking forward to... Um, today's call um, greatly. So um, I'm just really excited to hear from you guys and see what you guys have been up to. And um, uh, yeah, I'm just, uh, and I, you know, I didn't have like too bad a week and everyone at my work was like asking me how the retreat went and I was just like, it was great. (laughs) So I I feel very rejuvenated and uh, even the the in the hustle of New York hasn't really like shaken it out of me. So um not saying it won't yet. I'm still just riding on the highs apparently, maybe. But uh, I'm just enjoying it as long as possible. So that's me. Well, it doesn't have to shake it out. Right. Maybe exactly. this is your you know, your new your new approach, your new uh way of walking about and that's great too. Beautiful. It's good to hear your voice, Mike. It's good to hear all of your voices. Good to hear your voice, Mike. Yeah. I'm so glad I met you guys. Really. I know. I'm so glad I met I'm you. I'm so happy. So when are you coming back? <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Uh, it's on my mind, that's for sure. Okay. I mean, officially uh, at the end of the year for Christmas, but uh, who knows? I'll try to sneak something in. Mike, let's road trip it. Oh, that would be awesome. Awesome. Well, Selma and Louise it. <laughs> oh, no. I'm scared. Scared. <laughs> I know, because I feel like I'm going to be their contact that bailed <laughs> <laughs> them out of Alabama. I'm going to have to bring Cassie <laughs> and Mar with me. To... Oh, no. <laughs> I, I, the thought. No, I can't. I can't go there. <laughs> Brian here. Hey, Brian. Hey, Brian. Hi, Brian. Hi, Brian. Um, I was very fortunate to have uh, Stephen with me for a couple more days afterwards um, because it helped to maintain the integrity of the space that we had created, and we, we kept that space with each other. And it, and it helped me to realize that without really trying, I think we've all kicked it up a notch. And I think the course is designed that way, especially with the review in A Course in Miracles, how it all ties together. And I find myself being um, less in my ego, more in spirit, and I'm catching myself with my thoughts. The, the, some egoistic thoughts might uh, begin to creep up, and I will catch them quicker. And uh, 
an, an example is Stephen and I were talking about money, and I was talking about the money that I have and stuff, and I went, wait, <laughs> God is my source. You know, it's that kind of catching myself and uh, really playing at a higher level, kicking it up a notch and uh, feeling a bit more serious, if that's all possible in my joyous, ecstatic state, uh, feeling more serious about the work um, and really looking forward to uh, this this process and the next part of the process and uh, just relaxing, giving it all up. I, I have very little stress now. Of course, I'm in a, a very blessed position uh, not having to work, being retired, and, and being here with mom, and having uh, financial security. So there's just a lot, a lot of blessings. And at the same time, I really see the, the work that I have to do. And I'm so thankful for everybody here helping me in this process. That's it. Uh, well, thank you, Brian. Oh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say thank you, Brian. Um, as well. Um, yeah. You were also a great help to everybody else and a great support. So thank you. Welcome. Yeah, this is Lisa. Um, that's a good way to put it. It, it feels like we've, uh, our eye has come up a notch. I feel like, <clears throat> you know, the ground of my heart was, uh, really tilled and able to receive more, able to receive more because of all the love that was shared. And it was just a powerful experience just preparing my heart to just believe more, I believe. You know, I've noticed that I'm more loving to myself. I'm not as worried. Um and I'm able to, I'm inspired to believe more from God. And um, I just feel like a better, wholer person. You know, when I first got back, I was kind of like charged. But I think I started feeling the good, I started feeling the good stuff when I was just relaxing into it and just, kind of relaxing into everything that was taking place. And um, I just noticed I love my job even more. It's just I'm happy with, with the way things are even more. When I first got back, I was kind of like maybe not liking the things the, the way that they were, and I wanted to change them. But then it just kind of I, I needed to just relax into it, everything that was you know, just kind of have it settle inside me. Anybody else have anything they'd like to share? Um, yeah, I'll share. Um, I, you know, it was weird. I mean, I kind of, it sort of ebbed and flowed for me this week a bit. I had a moment on Wednesday because I went out. And it was just one of those things where I 
kind of saw myself in this room full of people, but yet I really felt alone. I don't know what it was about the weekend. It was like I just really got used to connecting with people in a very different way. And it sort of made me realize that I don't really want to connect with people and I, I want to have more meaningful relationships with people. Um, I want to have relationships with people. And at first I was sort of blaming myself, like, you know, am I the problem? You know, why is it that I cannot connect? Um, but, you know, I snapped out of it. Um, it's all good. But, um, I mean, I'm, I'm good now. But I did I did sort of had a moment where I kind of questioned myself and 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 asking myself how other people see me. Um, but um, but I got over it. You know, it just sort of made me reevaluate things. What it is that I really want, and how it is that I want to live my life. So, that was it for me. Oh, was that it? Huh? <laughs> oh, was that it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's pretty, pretty major. <laughs> I mean, I, if, you're talking, if you're talking about the retreat, I, like post that was post retreat, but. Um, no, I, uh, I, I, I thought that the retreat was, um, pretty amazing. I mean, I, I, I really loved the level of trust and the level of openness and, um, everybody's commitment, I think, was, was really pretty incredible, I thought. And I really loved the way everybody was there for everybody else. And I think that was maybe part of my post, um, a little bit of my post-depression that Wednesday because it was one of those things where I kind of got used to it. I like that, you know. Um, But but I think in terms of the retreat, yeah, I think that was it. And I love that I got to know everybody else a lot better. so, yeah. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, that was that was it. I mean, you know, I I love you guys. I I think you guys are pretty incredible and amazing people. We saw much more clearly how valuable spiritual community is. That was exactly what I was going to say. Is that I just, you know, bouncing off what you were just saying, like I felt how important it was to have a spiritual community and how excited that I am that maybe I could help establish something here in New York because, I mean, like, you know, I'm dating right now and I just see the need for it in my community here. Um, I was telling my dad that this, this morning just like how important it was for me to go there and to meet you all and to accept your love and to give my love back to you guys and and see you smile and see you cry and hear you play your music and sing your songs and, you know, uh, contribute to, you know, my experience. Um, It's just, it was very overwhelming. And, um, and I, I just, you know, I was even telling my dad, I was like, I almost feel like you should take the practitioner course or, you know, start, you know, going down, you know, whenever you can to PSLA 
is like I think he needs it too. Um, yeah, I think I mean I just feel like it's so important. So yes, Jesse, I have. <laughs> it became very clear to me for sure how important it is. Yeah, I really see spiritual community as a tool just as important as meditation and prayer and all of that because it's sort of the playground in which we get to practice these principles and we get to, uh, I mean, it's like a recharge when you connect in with, uh, you know, other people and speak to their highest self and let them speak to your highest self, you know, like, uh, honor that and uh, see you as valuable and loved and all that stuff. It's so great. Anyone else? It's Georgina. Hi, Georgina. Hi. Um... I obviously, you know, wasn't there, but um, it's good to connect with you guys again. Um, I was doing my um, spiritual work out in Florida with my with my wife um, on a two week course, and uh, I was hoping to come and join you guys for at least the first two days, um, but that was a little over ambitious as it turned out. Um, needed a lot of uh, integration when I came back. Um, mm-hmm. And also lots of focus work on this um, house we want. And we're almost at the end of our our process here that we've been in for a few months. Um, and uh, anyway, I, I, feel, I feel like um, I'm kind of stepping over into another level in our lives. Um, that are matching both spiritually and materially, like the as above, so below, um, feeling a little bit, you know, disconnected. Um, I haven't really been able to connect in with with anyone since I've been home. But, uh, uh, you know, looking forward to enjoying hearing what you guys have to say about the retreat and looking forward to uh, connecting again and getting into the lessons and stuff. Good to hear your voice. Thank you. And we did definitely hold space for you there. We were including yeah. you in with us. Uh, that's sweet. I thought about you guys a lot last weekend. I wish that I could have physically been there. I just I couldn't do it. So, um, yeah, good. Thanks for not forgetting about me. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate and it. I look forward to meeting you eventually. It's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we will. All right, beautiful. Well, just uh, just a couple uh, things to review real quick. Um, one, Patsy is actually going to be our guest speaker tomorrow. She's going to do the Byron Katie quote and then the five-minute share, just like we did at retreat, um, and uh, next week, um, you know, I think next week I'm going to ask uh, Brian 
to do it if you're available, Brian. Um, so check right. the books. And you can I, we, we're taking a day-by-day. Day. Mom caught the uh, throat virus that's going around. And uh, so I... I can't do anything until she's uh, until she's well, but uh, two weeks or a, a week from now may be possible. I'll, I'll keep you informed pretty much every day. Well, would you like to just put it until uh, a little a little further? Sure, let's in, let's uh, move it down in another couple of weeks. Yeah. Okay, great. Why don't we have uh, Sushant do it then next week? Okay. Okay, so that's March eighth. Uh, and just, uh, I'll let Patsy know, but Sushant, you are um, on the uh, hospitality duty tomorrow as well. Yeah. yeah. And I'm on hospitality duty on the 8th. We might need to try to find somebody to, to take my spot for that also. Yeah, just let me know by Wednesday. Okay. Great, cool. Um, and also, just for prayers and thoughts like that, uh, it seems as though uh, Christopher's father is, uh, not Chris Tompkins, but my Christopher, Christopher Ann is, uh, well, Chris Tompkins is my Chris as well, but different kind of way. Um, his father is transitioning to another plane of existence. Uh, he uh, had his last rites uh, yesterday, actually. The priest came in and prayed with him. Uh, and... <laughs> funny thing about this, I mean, it's so funny. I've really observed this with, like, uh, death and dying. Um, you know, Chris has really been, he's like, should I go now? Should we wait? I don't know. Uh, and it's like, there's no guarantees with it. Um, and everybody is always like, you know, it's going to be any minute now, any moment. And then we get a call today that he's like, he's doing much better today. I was like, well, I told you guys, like, we got to stop killing people off before it's their time. Like, we don't know. Um, so I'm just sharing this information because when we do get the call that he's made his uh, swan dive into our uh, the next phase of evolution, I will uh, be, we'll be leaving probably that day or the next day. Um, so it, I, I, my commitment, uh, I'm really doing my best not to let it affect class schedules and all that stuff, but uh, uh, I'm just going to invite everyone to remain flexible with me and as we go about this process. So anyhow, okay, so what we're going to do next uh, is uh, we're going to take a break. It's 10.55 right now, so we might be in class a little early today. I'm sure most of you will be torn up by that. Um, no, uh, I'm going to invite everyone. We're actually going to take a 10 minute break, 10 minutes. Can you believe it? Now in those 10 minutes, the invitation is this, go potty, refill your water, all that stuff, but also take out the power of your subconscious mind and flip through it and uh, highlight, circle, take note of any sections that really stood out to you um, that we've gone over. Uh, anything that you really like, you really uh, appreciated, anything that really felt uh, eye-opening to you uh, so that uh, we can discuss some of these things 
in the second part of class. Five twelve eleven. All right. All right. Uh, let's make sure to mute ourselves out if we're not talking. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, we're going to take ten minutes, go over subconscious mind, uh, and you can choose more than one section. You can also choose the section that you just uh, had questions about or um, weren't so clear on. And it can also be a section uh, that we haven't reviewed, uh, we didn't read. Um, I feel pretty complete as far as the purpose that I uh, had intended for this book to accomplish, I feel like we've accomplished it. Uh, and we really reiterated a lot of the stuff on the retreat as well. So just uh, give it a gander and we'll discuss. So it's 10.56 right now. We'll come back at 11.05, okay? 11.05. Uh, please do not hang up. Just keep your phone on, but keep the handheld on mute. All right? And I'll see you in 10.
Okay. We are back. Wiggity whack. So, I'm going to unmute you guys. Okay, so let's take out our power of your subconscious mind. And I'm just going to go down. Well, I know you have to go down the list. Uh, I'd like everybody, I'm going to invite everybody to share. Uh, who'd like to go first? What section can we go to that uh, stood out to you guys? Somebody, was somebody just sharing? Jesse, this is Chris. I'll, I'll go. Hey, great. So the part that I don't think we read this in class, but it's from my book is very different from from the other books that we've read, been reading from, but it's in mine. It's chapter 11, Your Subconscious Mind as a Partner in Success. Hold on one second. See if I can find it. Uh, your subconscious mind is your partner in success. As a partner in success. Subconscious mind as a partner in uh, success. <clears throat> Hold on one second. I'm gonna try do, to you have a, do you have an approximate page number on your book, Chris? Um, yeah, it's 163. My, oh, my book yeah. has 158 oh, it, pages. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's uh, chapter 11 as well. Uh, and it's, uh, Brian, if you can find the section, the three steps to success, it's, that's the whole chapter. Okay. So, Chris, what part uh, in this uh, really stood out to you? The... Actually, the sec- so mine's broken down into different sections. This chapter is broken down into different sections, and the section that I, I loved was uh, the three steps to success. He says, okay. let us discuss three steps hold, to success. Hold on one oh. second. I'm going to invite everyone, if you can, to find the section, the three steps to success. The three steps to success. It's under the chapter, Your Subconscious Mind as a Partner in Success. Okay, uh, Chris, why don't you uh, read that section for us? And I'm going to read, uh, invite you to read slowly so we can all, uh, if, we, if we don't have the copy, we can just listen to that as we get. Go ahead. Okay. Let us discuss three steps to success. The first step to success is to find out the thing you love to do, then do it. Success is in loving your work. Although if a man is a psychiatrist, it is not adequate for him to get a diploma and place it on the wall. He must keep up with the times, attend conventions, and continue studying the mind and its working. The successful psychiatrist visits clients and reads the latest scientific articles. In other words, he is informed in the most advanced methods of alleviating human suffering. The successful psychiatrist or doctor must have the interest of his patients at heart. Someone may say, how can I put the first step into operation? I do not know what I should do. 
In such a case, pray for guidance as follows. The infinite intelligence of my subconscious mind reveals to me my true place in life. Repeat this prayer quietly, positively, and lovingly to your deeper mind. As you persist with faith and confidence, the answer will come to you as a feeling, a hunch, or a tendency in a certain direction. It will come to you clearly and in peace, and as an inner silent awareness. The second step to success is to specialize in some particular branch of work and know more about it than anyone else. For example, if a young man chooses chemistry as his profession, he should concentrate on one of the many branches in this field. He should give all of his time and attention to his chosen specialty. He should become sufficiently enthusiastic to try to know all there is available about his field. If possible, he should know more than anyone else. The young man should become ardently interested in his work and should desire to serve the world. He that is greatest among you, let him become your servant. There is a great contrast in this attitude of mind in comparison to that of the man who only wants to make a living or just get by. Getting by is not true success. Man's motive must be greater, nobler, and more altruistic. He must serve others, thereby casting his bread upon the waters. The third step is the most important one. You must be sure that the thing you do you must sorry you must be sure that the thing you want to do does not redound to your success only. Your desire must not be selfish. It must benefit humanity. The path of a complete circuit must be formed. In other words, your idea must go forth with the purpose of blessing or serving the world. It will then come back to you pressed down, shaken together, and running over. If it is to benefit yourself exclusively, the circle or complete circuit is not formed, and you may experience a short circuit in your life which may consist of limitation or sickness. Beautiful, Chris. So, Chris, I'm going to invite you to share with everyone how this um, is in direct alignment with the purpose grid that we did on retreat. Well, it's, it's, first of all, finding out what your purpose is. So from the life purpose grid, you know, we really found out just the real basic, like not basic, but just kind of the foundation of what we're here for, which is, you know, to be loving, to be of service, um, those kind of more deeper things. Versus, like, my purpose is to be an architect, um, that kind of thing. And then, uh, the second step to success is to specialize in a particular branch of work that you know more than anyone else. Well, I mean, it's it's similar, but it's a little, it's not exact. Because the purpose grid, it, you have the spiritual qualities, what I love to do, and then how it shows up. Right. So what this is inviting us to do, and I think that this is actually a really important discussion, especially when uh, we're talking about creating 
the life you love, a life you love. So when we are aligned with our true purpose, which is to wake up to our oneness with God and inspire others to do the same, okay, that across the board could go down as everybody's life purpose, to wake up to your oneness with God, perfect love, whatever you want to call it, however you identify with it, and to inspire others to do the same. We inspire others to do the same because that's how we practice experiencing true love. And it's by inspiring others to do the same, it's that we are demonstrating these principles. We are aligning ourselves with the law of cause and effect, and so we are practicing loving kindness. And then we are speaking to, just like Mike referred at the retreat, we're speaking to that potential in everybody else. So that's how we inspire other people to do it. Now, if you are, if you remember that, that your purpose is to wake up to your oneness with God and inspire others to do the same, then you're fulfilling that last function, which is the altruism. That means no matter what it is you're doing, you're being of service. Does that make sense? And I'll speak directly to you, Chris. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. Cool. So now one thing that's really important, and we've talked about this before, is that when we're doing sort of <clears throat> uh, creative work, when we're doing our, the, manifest, the manifestation work, we have to know what we're bringing to the table, right? Which means we work with the universe. We're active in the creative process. So we're not just saying, this is what I want and then waiting for a knock at the door, right? We are going towards our goals. We create goals based on our inspired ideas. So when our dreams or inspired ideas become our goals, then we're moving towards them. And so it behooves us to develop the skills necessary to be able to achieve our goals. So when this says become the best in your field, that's what it's inviting you to do. It's inviting you to, uh, you know, develop the skills necessary to um, be able to receive that which you're interested in, that which you're going towards, right? And so what it says, get clear as to what it is you'd like to do, you know, develop the skills necessary in order to do it, and then be of service. And so with the purpose grid, what the purpose grid helps us do is it helps us get clear as to what our purpose is. Hands down, no matter what it is you participate in, no matter what activities, no matter what your profession, no matter how your skills and talents have manifested in this lifetime, your purpose is always to wake up to your oneness with God and inspire others to do the same. And then you get clear as to, one, how you'd like to feel, the spiritual qualities that you'd like to express and experience, what it is you like to do, so those are your gifts and talents. You get clear on what are my gifts and talents. What are the things that make me feel happy? What are the things that I really love? And then get clear on how they're manifesting in your life. So those are your goals. So it all supports each other. It's about working with the subconscious mind or spiritual consciousness or the universe <laughs> and creating the space in order to allow them to manifest with ease and with grace and also going forward, and this is what this doesn't talk about, but what we know to be true is going forward without attachment, meaning we go forward knowing that what our true purpose is. And sometimes 
as we go towards our inspired ideas, we become clear that, oh, they were my inspired ideas, so they can take me to a specific place that I needed to be, one that didn't look like what I thought it was going to look like. But since I'm not attached to it, I'm available to what may unfold. Does that make sense? Mr. Tompkins? Yes. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I just loved, I just loved that section because it was pretty much, it was pretty like short, sweet, to the point, you know, figure out what you love to do and be the best at it and make sure that it's not only serving your needs, that it's being of service. So it's kind of like, I love the full circle kind of imagery that I that I got from that. It was a reminder of, of yeah, just really, you know, I think that if you could tell people, you know, just figure out what you love to do. If you don't know, then ask for that guidance from your subconscious mind in this book, which you know, we've come to discuss is the Holy Spirit or God um, and wait for that guidance. And then when you start to receive it, just to really go forward and, and to get really good at it and be of service through what it is that you love doing. Great. Yeah. So, what are some examples of jobs that don't, I mean, if you're looking at the surface of them, they don't seem to be jobs that you're being of service in, but if you're aligned with your real purpose, you're absolutely being of service in. Who can give me a couple examples? Chris, do you have one? Yeah, well, I was just talking to one of my friends this week, and she was, we were talking about her husband and how, he works for the fire department in Orange County. He's not a firefighter himself, but he kind of oversees the, I guess, more of the HR element of it. But how he's truly living his purpose because he just, he loves, he just is so kind and giving and um, and that, that's expressed through his work that he does. So, you know, technically he's this, fire department, safety, HR guy. But all of his gifts and talents are being expressed through what he does at work. And it shows up every day. And he's so, I mean, he's just really, you know, he's happy. He loves what he does. He loves going to work. And and that's expressed through him. And he, he affects people's lives just by living that way. Yeah, beautiful. So it's not that he's like, oh, I think because some people get caught up in, you know, oh, um, you know, I have to uh, be a a healer or some type of, like, function like that. 
and he's a you know he's just an example of someone that came to my mind because I had the conversation this week about how he's working this more corporate type job, but yet he's all of these spiritual elements he's he's using without even realizing that he's using. How can this uh, related to your work at the Abbey? How how am I using my spiritual? Yeah, how are you fulfilling your purpose at the Abbey? Well, I I. I I try to show up and and be be authentic. Um, you know, I I listen to people. Um, I connect with them on a deeper level than maybe they're used to experiencing. Um, you know, some of the people that I think similar to spiritual community, I've heard you say this before, is that, you know, people come to the bar, not, they come for fun, but they also come because they're trying to check out or numb or, you know, and so I think that by being present for them, I think is really, um, being of service. Yeah, man, for sure. Absolutely. And it, I feel like it's also a spiritual boot camp for non-judgment, practicing non-judgment. Um, mm-hmm. You know, really maybe people who have felt judged in their life show up there almost expecting to be judged, but then seeing them for who they really are, seeing past the facade, so to speak. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, You know, it's it's healing to just love people. (laughs) I'd like uh, to... go Go ahead, Brian. I'd like to add a little something for Chris. Um, several times I've gone to, to bars over the course of my life, and the times that I've enjoyed most is when the bartender took a few minutes to really engage with me. I could tell he, he wasn't feigning uh, interest. He was, he was genuinely you know, sought to, to uh, bring in some conversation with me, and whatever I was feeling, whatever motivated me, whatever problem I was having, was was really uh, healed by the just the the good nature, the good manners, the good intention of of the bartender. And I think you're you do that. I think you're in a beautiful position to, without even knowing what you're doing, you make people's lives better just by showing up with your smile and with your genuine care. Thank you, Ryan. Also, Chris, uh, you grew up Christian, yeah? Yes. Great. 
So here's a little biblical quiz for you. What church was Jesus the minister of? He didn't have a church. Oh, he didn't? Well, that's interesting. Well, where did he go? To the people. Oh, did he? That's interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Jesus was in the bars, man. (laughs) He just went where people were. And uh, that's where he ministered. Right? He took away all the judgments and all the bullshits that was, you know, placed upon a lot of people, uh, especially the Pharisees, the people in the church. And he called a spade a spade. You know? Cast Ye who, ye who lives without, you know, what is it? Ye who lives without judgment or whatever, cast the first stone. Or ye who lives without sin, cast the first stone. That's it. You know, I mean, come on. He went to the people and he was just loving. And he, he was letting everybody know that they don't have to be judged. They just, he just loved them. That's just all he did. He was a, his was a ministry of non-judgment, of compassion and love. And he did it where the people were. And so it's like that beautiful, um, it's like that beautiful uh, example in Way of the Peaceful Warrior. You know, Peaceful Warrior, where he was at the service station. And he says, you know, being of service to others is the highest purpose anyone can serve. So... Does that resonate at all? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think even, you know, working this week, coming back and and really, I was talking, saying this morning with my, you know, Course in Miracles partner and talking about how, you know, we can, it's really easy to show up and get caught up in the three-dimensional, like, this is your shift and this is who you're working with and this is a, it's a Friday night and so this is these are the expectations and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but really, sh- like, going beyond that and, and, and trying to, like, even working last night, like, that was really a focus of mine it was, was trying to, like, go beyond that and, like, see each, interaction that I had was like an assignment and and that not that I'm perfect but you know just really trying to show up in a different way versus like what am I here for uh, showing up from a space of like you know okay I'm here and I'm supposed to be here because I'm why I know that's because I'm here <laughs> um, and this is like really where the rubber hits the road with with these with these principles, you know, you either believe them or you don't. They either are or they aren't. Yes. Yes, sir. Beautiful job. And I'll I'll have you know, Chris, that I went in to the Abbey for coffee the other day with a friend and I go, is Chris Tompkins working? And they all went, oh, Chris Tompkins. No, he's not. Tomorrow, though. (laughs) Uh-huh. I, I feel like you're very loved at the Abbey. I wanted to say, I know, right? He's great. <laughs> uh-huh. Thank you. Yeah. Cool. Great. All right. Who's next? Who else would like to share? 
just it's just songs. Um, the one that I really like was uh, it's on page fifty one. I don't have chapters in my book, but it's called the Bodan Technique. Okay, uh, what is it called? Uh, the Bodan B A U D O I N technique, and that is. I think that's in the section, um, I believe it's, uh, it's like right before the sleeping technique. Right. It's in the practical techniques, it's practical techniques in mental healing, correct? Yeah. I believe so. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. So the Bowden technique, it's right before the sleeping technique and right after the mental uh, moving method. Technically, in Chapter 6, I believe it's uh, a page or two after page 46, Brian, in your copy. Yes, I have it. Thank you. Okay, cool. Uh, Sushant, why don't you read it? All right. Uh, Charles Baudin was a professor at the Rousseau Institute in France. He was a brilliant psychotherapist and a research director of the new Nancy School of Healing. He discovered that the best way to impress the subconscious mind is to enter into a drowsy, sleepy state or a state akin to sleep in which all effort was reduced to a minimum. Then the idea can be conveyed to the subconscious mind in a quiet, passive, receptive way by reflection. As Baudin explained, a very simple way of securing this impregnation of the subconscious mind is to condense the idea which is to be the object of suggestion, to sum it up in a brief phrase which can be readily graven on the memory and to repeat it over and over again as a lullaby. A few years ago, a young widow in Los Angeles found herself caught up in a prolonged and bitter family dispute. Her late husband had left his entire estate to her, but his sons and daughters from a previous marriage had filed suit to break the will. Her offers of a settlement were spurned. When she asked me for my help, I explained the Bodan technique to her. I urged her to condense the idea of her need into a phrase of a few words that would be easily impressed on her memory. The phrase she found was, it is finished in divine order. To her, these words meant that infinite intelligence operating through the laws of her subconscious mind would bring about a harmonious conclusion to the principle of harmony. Every night for 10 minutes, she sat in an armchair, systematically relaxed her body, and entered into the sleepy state. Once in the sleepy state, she affirmed slowly, uh, quietly, and feeling the statement, it is finished in divine order, over and over again. She found herself achieving a sense of inner peace and an all-pervading tranquility, and she went off into her sleep, normal sleep. On the morning of the 11th day, she woke up with a sense of well-being, and a conviction that it was indeed finished. Her attorney called her the same day. The opposing attorney and his clients were willing to settle. A harmonious agreement was reached, and the lawsuit was dropped. So what I love about this is just the the thing about, like, you know, that you just have to enter into, like, those drowsy, sleepy states and do it in just like a very receptive way and open way uh, as opposed to like really working super hard for to communicate with your subconscious mind. Like you just say it right before you go to sleep. And I love something later on it says in somewhere in the passage that when you are 
when you're in that state and that drowsy state, you're, um, the negative thoughts tend to neutralize that you have, you know, that might come up against what you want or what you desire, rather. Uh, so your subconscious mind is more open. So that's been, like, my big sort of practice is with my subconscious mind just getting into that state of uh, relaxation and you know, whether it's, hey, I have a busy day tomorrow, I would love some help with that, or, you know, I have to have a conversation with someone that I'm kind of uh, nervous about. So that's that's been my go-to for everything I feel from this book. What's another kind of relaxed state? that we could get in to practice this technique? Meditation. Oh, yes. Interesting. Good (laughs) insight. So, you know, this technique is so, we've talked about this before, it's counterintuitive to the social consciousness in America. So, Sushant, what's the social consciousness in America? How does that tell you to get things done? Um, It's, you know, like, hit the road, like, get her done. It's very sort of um, driven, like, goal-oriented and, like, you know, sort of like a set plan and objectives and goals. Yes, yeah. Hit the pavement. You know, get out there. Do something. When... It's so interesting how this book really encourages you to do the most productive work while in a relaxed state of mind. That way, you're not trying to figure out how it's going to happen. You're just getting clear as to what it is you're interested in experiencing and allowing the spiritual consciousness, the part of your mind that knows what to do to support you in making it happen. And then you get that inspired idea, which will take you to a specific location in which it seems as if by magic everything unfolds with ease. Did anybody have an experience uh, with retreat after coming home from retreat that something you had been working on or trying to create or fixate or, or not, you know, something that you were really interested in manifesting or whatever just sort of happened easily as soon as you got home? Did anyone have that experience? I did. Why don't you share with us? Let me take a sip of water real quick. Hey, sorry I got dropped off. This is Sean. I'm back on again. Are you kidding me? Because I was just giving some real, like, amazing wisdom. Let me just repeat what I shared real quick. So, yes, <laughs> it's in a relaxed state that we um, just focus on what we're interested in experiencing and not how we're going to make it happen. We access the part of our mind which knows the way. And oftentimes, that is what will, uh, you know, generate the inspired idea, which will take us to where we need to go next. And as if by magic, 
whatever it was that we were trying to, we were interested to create just unfolds easily. And then I asked, did anyone have the experience of going away to retreat and then coming back and something that you were working on or interested in just sort of unfolded really easily? And Brian was about to share his experience. Okay, cool. Thank you. Cool. Um, it, it again has to do with Stephen and, uh, I think everyone knows that I've kind of been his mentor and uh, spiritual uh, teacher for a few years now, for about four years. And I, ha- I have one other friend, my Dharma brother, Adam, I've mentioned him a few times. And um, I was thinking that I, w- that I would love to have, ev- to have them get together, that, that to have Stephen meet somebody other than me and other than the the people on the retreat that are also doing spiritual work, so we can see there's like just a lot of people that that are out there. And um, so he and I were were sitting around talking, and it's uh, the day that he's going to be flying back to Las Vegas. And uh, Adam calls. He says he has a free day, and uh, would it be okay if he comes over to visit? And <laughs> I'm like, yeah. So he came over, and, and he and Stephen had a, had a great connection, a great talk. And, and then it even turned out that because that was the day that my mom got sick, uh, I had planned to drive Stephen to the airport, and mom was, was really wanting me to stay there. She was afraid of uh, being sick. Uh, so I said, well, Adam's here, and he can drive uh, Stephen to the airport. Um, and then Adam remembered that he has a spiritual brother that is uh, one of the independent cab cab drivers, and uh, that uh, he, Dallas is his name, and Dallas would be free, and he could take Stephen to the airport, and that way Dallas would, would make some money because he needs it to pay his rent this month. Adam and I would have time to chat and visit for a while. Steve would get to the airport. Mom's has someone to, to cover and everything. It just went really, really smoothly. And I didn't have to try to do anything. I just had it in the back of my mind. It would be nice if, if uh, we could all get together. That's it. Great. Beautiful, yeah. A lot of times when we take our scheming, how is this going to happen, I got to make this call, do this, do this, do this. Yeah, no, okay, I'll do this, do this. But we take that out of it. Then things just get to unfold as they're supposed to. And so that's why I've had the experience so many times uh, that I'd go away, take a little break, put something down, or even if it's just like, you know, I'm going to walk away. Like if I have writer's block, I'm going to just walk away for a second. I'm going to stop you know, sitting here trying to make something happen. I'm just going to take a little break, walk around the block, walk the dogs, do whatever, and then an idea will come to me. So so a lot of times if you go away for vacation, you come back, whatever the project was, whatever it was that you were trying to, you know, uh, create or make happen, just happens because we take our our over-analytical mind out of it and we just allow the subconscious or spiritual conscious to do what it needs to do to allow it to happen easily. And so it's in those relaxed, receptive, peaceful places that we really get the work done. I'm telling you. 
That's why Jennifer will always say, work in the invisible, work in the invisible. You know, it, it, it's, it, it seems counterintuitive, but it is so profoundly effective to just release it, let it go, and do the prayer, the meditation work, and trust that it is so. Beautiful work, guys. Okay, let's hear from one of the ladies. Uh, ladies, who would like to share? Hello, Jesse? Yes. This is Mar. Um, I think the chapter on prayer, um, how to get results you want, I um, just the whole chapter, um, I, I like the, the very small entry right at the bottom of the beginning of the chapter. Um, this, I don't know. I, I'm, I have a Kindle, so I don't know what page it is. But it. I'm trying um, to find the prayer. It, it's the very. It's the very beginning at the beginning of the chapter. And it's the third paragraph. Is it how to get the results you want under that sort of section? Yeah, I believe it's the third paragraph, and it says you will always fail to get results by trying to use mental coercion. Okay, let's see. Yeah, okay, coercion. Uh huh. Why don't you yeah. read that first? Uh, why don't you just read that whole first section? Okay. Uh, the principal reasons for failure are lack of confidence and too much effort. Many people block answers to their prayers. By Hold on one to... second. Hold on one second. Okay. I love I love how this stuff works, Mar. Because what you just uh, said was exactly what we just talked about. Right. Exactly. The I was prin- just thinking that. Yeah. Exactly. The principal reasons for failure are lack of confidence and too much effort. You know, lack of faith that this is working. And so we're going to go, you know what, it's not happening the way I think it should or as quickly as I think it should. So I'm going to go muck it all up by, you know, doing it myself and doing what I think I is going to be right, you know. And then we mess it all up. So right. okay, just pointing that out that we're one mind. And I, I, I'm having a Michael Lennox moment when he says oh, you, can't okay. make, you, can't, you can't make this stuff up. So go ahead. It, Okay, many people block answers to their prayers by failing to fully comprehend the workings of their subconscious mind. When you know how your when you know how your mind functions, you gain a measure of confidence. You must remember whenever your subconscious mind accepts an idea, it immediately begins to execute it. It uses all its mighty resources to that end and mobilizes all the mental and spiritual laws of your deeper mind. Okay, thought, read that re, re, read that those last two sentences one more time a little slowly so everyone really lets Okay. Um, you must remember whenever your subconscious mind accepts an idea, it immediately begins to execute it. Oh, no, wait a minute. When you know how your mind functions, you gain a measure of confidence. You must remember whenever your subconscious mind accepts an idea, it immediately begins to execute it. Want me to go on? Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, it uses all its mighty resources to that end and mobilizes all the mental and spiritual laws of your deeper mind. This law is true for good or bad ideas. Consequently, if you use it negatively, it brings trouble, failure, and confusion. When you use it constructively, it brings guidance, freedom, and peace of mind. The right answer is inevitable when your thoughts are positive, constructive, and loving. From this, it is perfectly obvious that the only thing you have to do in order to overcome failure 
is to get your subconscious to accept your idea or request by feeling its reality now. And the law of your mind will do the rest. Turn over your request with faith and confidence and your subconscious will take over and answer for you. And, and answer for you. You will always fail to get results by trying to use mental coercion. Your subconscious mind does not respond to coercion. It responds to your faith or conscious mind acceptance. Your failure to get results may also arise from such statements as, things are getting worse, I will never get an answer, I see no way out, it is hopeless, I don't know what to do, I'm all mixed up, When you use such statements, you get no response or cooperation from your subconscious mind. Like a soldier marking time, you neither go forward nor backward. In other words, you don't get anywhere. To get into a taxi and give half a dozen different directions to the driver in five minutes, he would become hopelessly confused and probably would refuse to take you anywhere. It is the same when when working with your subconscious mind. There must be a clear-cut idea in your mind You must arrive at the infinite decision that there is a way out, a solution to the vexing problem in sickness. sickness. Only the infinite intelligence within your subconscious mind, within your subconscious, knows the answer. When you come to that clear-cut conclusion in your conscious mind, your mind is then made up, and according to your belief, it is done unto you. Keep going? No, it's good. So... Amazon.com, right? Right. You can't just <laughs> go on Amazon and just to be like, oh, send me whatever. Right? You got to get clear. You got to know what you're on there looking for. Right. So then you have to know what you're looking for, go to it, order it, and trust that it's coming to you. Now, if you were constantly going back to Amazon, canceling the order because it didn't arrive to you and exactly you think it should have arrived to you, you're never going to get your damn product that you ordered, right? And you go back and you're like, well, it's not coming in time. It must not have worked. I'm going to cancel it. I'm going to you know, send it back. Uh, i got to get something else. Then you're going to keep ordering things, but you're never going to get anything. You have to be able to trust, yes, when I order from Amazon, I get what I like. I'm going to know exactly what I like the size, the color, the shape, the whatever that I'd like, I'm going to place the order. I'm going to trust that it's going to arrive. Right? right? It's the same concept with working with our subconscious mind. Now, what's your big takeaway from this section, Mark? What did I take away from it? Um, I took a lot away from it because I uh, have been very guilty of mental coercion. <laughs> and... Um, it's very true that usually when I just let things go, it's funny how I'll just easily manifest things and not even think about it. It's like I might be thinking about something and I there's no coercion there. I just don't. It just comes in a very relaxed way. Um, it's usually when I'm stressed about something or I really, really want something to manifest and I'm putting all of my attention on that, that it usually doesn't. It, it takes longer or it doesn't happen. Um, uh-huh. Who else has had the experience of wanting something to manifest faster and then it feels like it's taking longer? Anyone? 
Is Mar the only person on this class that's ever had that experience? <laughs> <laughs> I have. This is such a I've totally had that. <laughs> so, yeah, of course. Um, again, I mean, I, we oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, just to bring up Sushant's point again, the one that he had, too, we must relax into it. Relax into it. Trust. Believe that it works. Like Ernest Holmes just said, I read that thing a couple of weeks ago, he said, if I could give you one gift. Oh, you know what? I just found the book again. Hold on. Because it really is so beautiful and so brilliant. I'm going to read a little section to you. Oh. oh, dang it. Where did I put the book again? Oh, here it is. Okay. I just sort of take it with me wherever I go. But I go a lot of places, so I never know. Hold on. So it says, there's only one thing that I ask of you, and that it is that you will believe absolutely that these things work. If you do not believe it works, it will not work. Because everything is belief. Everything in mind Everything is mind, and all operation is thought, and there is not a law in the universe that is not the power of a mind in action, and there never was and there never will be. Anything you have ever saw or ever will see is simply the result of mind in action. You have a body, and you have what we call a physical environment, and you would have neither if it were not for mind. When mind desires your body to disappear, your body will disappear. What the re-embodiment, uh, what the re-embodiment will be, nobody does know. If you can learn to live today and get a lot out of life and have as much fun as I have had today and be as prosperous as we all ought to be and be well, you should not worry what is going to happen tomorrow. You take absolutely too much responsibility upon yourself. It amounts to fear, which is as na- which is a natural consequence of the belief in limitation. How great is that? There's only one thing that I ask of you, and that is that you will believe absolutely that these things work. So when we have the experience of it's not working, this doesn't work, it's not working, it's because we believe it's not going to work. And then we coerce the mind. We go in and fiddle with it and, and hijack it, hijack the, the natural creative process. And then we can say, once again, oh, see, look, I proved that it didn't work. Mar, have you ever had that experience? Yeah, I was because I was gonna ask. You know, I, I, there are times like I get a little nervous. You know, like for example, um, Patsy and I getting more scoring work. That's been sort of on my mind. It's like, okay, we got this gig and it's really great, and now we're gonna go and get some more work. And you know, I've been I've been praying that this is gonna we're just gonna get just a lot of work. And there's Every now and I mean, I do get that twinge sometimes, and I was going to ask you how how do you overcome that twinge sometimes, that twinge of insecurity that comes up um, when when you're in the midst of prayer or affirmation, which you know happens. Well, sometimes I'm there, hmm. and sometimes it's just like, ugh, you know. Huh? Well, yeah? there's a couple things that I do. One. <clears throat> I give that voice a very playful character. So I am going to invite everyone to name your ego, to name your that fearful voice. So, like, let's say that 
Mar, for all intents and purposes, rename your ego that fearful voice, Francine. Okay, so next time you start coming up with all the, oh my God, it might never happen, you're not good enough, you're da 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 you're just like, hey, Francine, what do you got for me today? Uh-huh, okay, I'm not good enough, okay, right, right. Not just enough, right, uh-huh, right, uh-huh, good. And let Francine weave her, her tail to you. When she's run out of steam, you can be like, you're done, Francine? All right, cool. Now I'm going to go about my job, which is to remember the truth of who I am. So that's that was too way. funny. That was too funny. Right before you said Francine, I named mine Frank. <laughs> One mind, baby. And then uh, there's a couple things. That, the way that I would play with it, I would say that I get very clear that I like to do scoring. I get very clear. I would, I would like uh, the part that Chris just read. You know, I would do what I could to become the best movie scorer I could possibly be, whether that means taking additional classes, clinics, whatever, scoring, uh, doing a practice score for like, I don't know, like student film or whatever, I don't know. And then I would release the attachment that, uh, that scoring movies is my source. And so I would affirm daily that I am abundant, that the best case scenario is always unfolding. I would affirm that I love to do movie scores. I love making money as a musician. Every time you make a cent as a musician, you affirm, I make money for my work. I make money for my art. And you stay in that space without the attachment that the money, that the good, that whatever is going to come is going to come through the scoring. But you stay clear that you love scoring. You stay clear that you are abundant and you are prosperous. You stay clear that you do work that you love. You stay clear that you love being creative. You keep clear that the best case scenario is always unfolding. You keep clear that uh, God is creative and life-giving. So you stay clear with all of those things and then stay out of the details. Be clear that I love doing music scoring for movies. And then know that, okay, if you love doing music scoring for movies, then do it. I'm sure that there are movies, independent films, things out there that, that would love to have you score them, you know? And then you keep clear that God is my source. I'm always taken care of. I'm abundant. Life is, uh, the best case scenario is always unfolding. And so then you open yourself up to receive and experience that abundance. You open yourself up to receive the experience of being taken care of. You open yourself up to receive the experience of your greatest good always unfolding, and you're clear that you like and love to do movie scoring. And I'm sure that you'll have the opportunity to do it again. And if not, you're not attached to it because you're always taken care of. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, it's, you know, it's when we, it's when we get attached and cling really tightly to how we think it's going to look. When really, you know, if you think about the emotional elements that come from thinking of a life doing movie scoring, it's really, I'm fulfilled in my work. I have creative projects that make me happy. I'm creative. I'm abundant. I'm prosperous. I'm an artist. All those things, all those qualities and those feelings that, come, uh, that arise from the thought of doing movie scoring, that's what you're really interested in. Movie scoring is the icing on the cake. But if you felt fulfilled and creative and prosperous and taken care of and the greatest good is always unfolding, then chances are, you know, 
you should be making pancakes at IHOP and be cool with it and doing movie scoring too. I'm not saying that's what it's going to look like, but I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Like, uh, so it's the bliss that we're really interested in. And in the meantime, we go towards that which feels inspiring. Yeah, I, um, <laughs> oh, because I, I, um, you know, and I think, and, and it's really interesting because I noticed that there are a few of us in, in, in the group that we're, we're reconciling our day job with what it is that we're really passionate about. And, um, I, I'm one of those people, and, you know, I do. I think about a lot of what was said at the retreat regarding that and going to my job, and it's like I'm making myself be happy in a situation that does not fulfill me in any way, and it's it's hard. It, it really is difficult. I mean, I'm trying to look at the... The good, you know, I'm grateful that I have a job because I can pay my bills. And at the same time, I'm just completely unfulfilled for eight hours. And it's hard. I mean, I have to make myself do my work. It's not, I do, you know, it's like, okay. And I'm even kind of behind on the job right now because I can't, it's hard. I can't make myself do as much as I want to. You know, it's um, it's it's hard. It's really difficult. I, I I'm really trying to put the principles into practice. That yeah, you know what, you go, you do your job, you know, and you're happy doing your work. And I I haven't found that. I think that's been really hard for me. Yeah, you know, I got so much freedom when I realized, when it was told to me, oh, you don't have to like your job. And I was like, what? Thinking, you know, that it's like, you have to love what you do for a living. And that I was sort of missing the mark with that. What it was was I didn't necessarily, like what I did didn't feel, you know, um, wasn't making my heart sing and the, the actual activity that I was, um, you know, performing didn't like that wasn't on my vision board by any means you know but I was always in the practice of looking for what I appreciated about it you know and um trusting to that you're exactly where you're supposed to be know that your highest learning your greatest the answer to every one of your prayers is wherever you are in this moment and so I said all right I'm here to learn what I need to learn I'm committed to living a life I love. I know that I'm always taken care of. And for whatever reason, that involves being right here with this work, with this job right now. So I'm open. I am teachable. Show me. I'm open and I'm available to learn. And I'm grateful for, one, that my bills are being paid. I'm grateful that, uh, you know, and just list every day, list what you're grateful about that job for. You know, and then it just, supports you in looking for what's right and staying open to uh, what's available, you know? And um, I'm also going to invite you, Mar, to to, uh, just, you know, just for playful sake is substitute the word challenging for hard because, you know, if someone were to wake me up in the morning and say, Jesse, today's been really hard, 
There's going to be a lot of really awful, hard experiences. It's going to feel overwhelming. You're going to feel trapped at work, you know, and you're going to want to kill yourself. But you'll make it through the day. I'd, I'd be like, you know, I think I'm just going to stay in bed today, but thanks. But if they said, okay, so today's going to be really challenging. There's going to be lots of opportunities to grow. There's going to be lots of opportunities to really go inward and uh, use your spiritual practice to support you in moving through some situations that feel feel overwhelming but aren't. And at the end of it, you have a lot of learning. You have a lot of growth. You have a lot of wisdom to harvest. I'd be like, all right, I can, I can get on board with that. You know? Um, and yeah, that's just how you play with it. And then continue to get clear, you know? Get clear as to what it is that uh, you're interested in. And I'll, I'll leave with this. I'll leave this rant <laughs> with this. Mar, uh, really work with an affirmation that sounds something like, I'm in the process of doing what I love for my work. I'm in the process of loving my work. Or I'm in the process of working the perfect job for me. And then that's really working with your subconscious mind. You know, because a lot of times if you try to affirm something you don't believe, you get a, a lot more experiences of, you know, looking crazy or silly or whatever. But if you just keep affirming, I'm in the process of, you know, doing work that feeds my soul. Then your subconscious mind will be like, yeah, you are. And I just find that that really supports me in uh, one, feeling better, and two, usually speeding up the creative process. Right. Does anyone else have thoughts like that? Anything they'd like to share with Mar? Hey, Mar, this is Mike. Um, I, uh, I, I've done a lot of meditation and work on, like, my work. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I, there's a meditation, a work meditation that I listen to a lot from Marianne Williamson. And she reminds us and reminded me that um, my work is my ministry and that it's my job to just be a blessing to the people that I come in contact with every day. And, you know, when you send a fax, bless the fax send an email, bless the person receiving the email. And part of my prayers in the morning were, you know, I asked that my job be just a blessing on the world. And, you know, I at the time I was just an office manager, you know, doing admin reception work. And, you know, I'm really eager to like step into this, to a producer role. And so I was kind of more focused on, I'm not doing that, not doing that. And I was not feeling fulfilled, even though like, the company I worked for is great and I really love the people I work with and I enjoyed my job. I just, there was that block where it's like, I'm not where I should be. You know, I'm not doing what I want to do. And like, so I started praying that, you know, my work just be a greater blessing on the world, whatever that means. You know, an office manager, I'm just filing things and exporting and compressing digital like videos, you know, for advertising and things like that. And so then we hired this executive producer and she started like getting us all this like um, uh, pro bono like um, 
work where we were helping people spread awareness for human trafficking and um and like we created this like you know uh creative uh fan base of people where we can help uh share shelter animal postings and get animals adopted and things like that and so like somehow like I was able you know through prayer and belief that you know whatever I was just doing was going to help the world it kind of like quite literally manifested for me and that was like such a blessing and it made me realize that that is just you know I I just bless everyone I am in contact with every day and you know um, just kind of do the work that we're doing here and applying it into my work situation and, uh, you know, amazing things started happening for me. So. Okay. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. That's really helpful. Yeah. I'd even say you can even work with, I'm willing to love this job. I am willing to love this job. Because I think you are. I think you're willing to be in love all the time. Or maybe that's just your, maybe that's even it is. I'm willing to be in love all the time. I'm willing to be in love no matter what I'm doing. All right. That's a hard one. That's going to be really hard to say, Jesse. <laughs> My job. <laughs> um yeah. Is it going to be hard or is it going to be challenging? No, it's going to be a real challenge. It's going to be a serious challenge to say that. Because, honestly, there's nothing about that job that I love. Um, you know, it's just, I, I just always see it as a paycheck, a job. That's, you know, what it is. I mean, if you were to ask me, in fact, I don't even tell people what I do. I, I You know what I'm saying? It's just like I... <laughs> It's 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 one of those things where I I'm I do my job but I'm so detached from it, you know. We can only do our best. Right. You know, I think just work with I'm just I'm willing to be happy no matter what. I'm willing to be in love no matter what. Right. And also, you know, like if the job went away tomorrow. I'm sure there would be a whole wave of other challenges that would present themselves to you. That's true. You know, so if we can stay in that mindset of I'm grateful for the financial support, I'm grateful that my bills are paid, I'm grateful for, you know, all that stuff. Right. Beautiful. Thanks for playing, Mar. No, thank you. Um, I'm going to invite Lisa to share... Lisa, is there a section in the book that you felt drawn to? Um, actually, Mara kind of said mine, but, um, you know, there was a part in the book I wasn't able to find it, but it was talking about how the subconscious can literally do anything. Like, it was just like, and then I started meditating, well, what is the subconscious mind, really? So, this is something, you know... Um, what you come up with? Well, I mean, I came up with a lot of things, like maybe the subconscious mind, that's our 
that's the power of God, really, or how God does things. How God, you know, when God does something, maybe that's what mm-hmm. he will do. Mm-hmm. Our, our, uh, what we call mind. So, um, I think that sounds pretty great. Well, that's what it was um, saying, really, in the book. So I had to kind of expand my thinking about the whole thing. You know, no. of course, the miracles. Uh, they call the Holy Spirit the bridge in which uh, God communicates. It's sort of the bridge to God. So that God kind of gave us the uh, whole, uh, God gave us the Holy Spirit as sort of the translator or our guide in this through life. And when I read that and then I read Powers of Conscious Mind as he's explaining it, it feels similar. So I think that you're, I would encourage you to continue to meditate on that because it felt like your intuitive uh, nudge was, you know, it's definitely on the right track. And I'd love to hear more clarity as it comes through you as well. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. It's uh, something, you know, it's kind of all the same in a way. Like, yep. just different words, you know. Yep. Yes. Especially like the miracles yes. in the book. I'm sorry, what? Especially like the Course in Miracles and what the how the subconscious mind is like very, you can really make the connection between the two. Yeah, and you know that the subconscious mind does not have a sense of humor. (laughs) It doesn't. So it just is a yes machine. And so that's how it really is aligned with the teachings of Ernest Holmes. You know, how our thoughts are creative. Our thoughts create our experience. And I always say that we can find a thousand different ways of saying it, but we're just saying the same thing. And most, you know, mysticism and new thought teachings are going to say this exact same thing. Mm -hmm. Our thoughts create our experiences. Why is that? So we're getting... We're just getting to know the part of the mind that is creating the experiences, the subconscious. That's what we're not aware of. Is that kind of so like my, the engine? It's kind of like the sorry? engine with the power behind creating. Yeah, exactly. And our conscious mind is like the captain. Right. So when the captain says, go left, uh, you know, the engine is just keeping going. It's going, you know, the captain's going to turn the wheel and the engine's going to get you there. It's going to get you there. It's built to do that. But it's not going to say, oh, I'm sorry, captain, are you sure you want to go left? Because going right is where all your dreams are. 
<laughs> all your goals are to the right. You sure you don't want to go left? Are you sure you don't want to go right? And Captain's like, no, go left. You know, it just says, all right, left, left it is. But then again, uh, Jesse, I have to bring up the fact that maybe it's or this thing is shaped in a way like like I do believe that we've already chosen what we're going to do. It's already been chosen. And so in a way, that may not be, we may not be conscious of that exactly, what we've already chosen. So what would that be? What would that be? That wouldn't be the engine necessarily. Well, the way that it made sense to me in my mind when I created it was this idea of the script being written. You know, like we came down with specific, uh, sort of with a script, right? But I like to think of it as, remember those books? Uh, those like mystery books from when we were a kid and you'd read a little bit and then it would like get to a part where it would say, okay, if you want to go into the haunted mansion, go to page 67. If you want to go down the street to the community center, go to page 42. And then you'd go to that page and then, uh, you know, uh, it was the same experience, but there's two decisions to make. And each decision would take you to a different part of the book. Do you remember those? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I feel like uh, that the end of the journey is already there, you know? The end of it is already, it's, it's certain. And it's the same for us all. And that is the awakening to our oneness with God. I feel like there are specific experiences that we have agreed to participate in, but with each of those experiences, we have a choice. And the choice is, do we choose love or do we choose fear? And depending on which choice we make, it will guide sort of our different experiences, meaning our perspective. And though time doesn't necessarily exist, it's a tool, a teaching tool, when we choose love, we get to the end faster. Did you ever play Super Mario Brothers or ever see Super Mario Brothers, Lisa? Yes, I have. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Isn't that great? So you know how, like, there's, there's, it's the same game. It's the same level. At the end of it, you reach the same destination at the end of each level. But there comes a point where you can go down the pipe. You can go down the pipe and go through the dungeon, or you can go, like, eat the star and then go up on the bricks and you can go up kind of in the sky, right? Right. But at the end of it, you reach the same destination. You go to the next level. So I feel like within our script, there's lots of different ways in which the script can unfold, right? Yes. Yeah. So uh, that's how I sort of play with it. And I'm not 100% clear on it. Well, I was just reading in the Course in Miracles about time today, actually, this morning, and it says that we can speed up the process. It's our choice. If we choose yes. a certain way, then all of a sudden we can just get there really quickly. Yes, 
and that way is love. <laughs> it depends on us how long we take. Yes. I mean, here's the deal. You can go down into the dungeon zone and battle the turtles and the lizards and all that stuff, or you can just take the star and be shiny and bright and step in the sky and have fun, you know, like, uh, and that way, would you know, it gets you to the end faster with less obstacles and challenges. Is that making any sense? Yeah, in the end, it really is our choice or what we choose to think, I guess, how fast we get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always we always have this choice. Uh, and we have a question that we can ask whenever we're faced with anything. And it is, what would love do? What would love do? What would be the most loving choice here? And, you know, it's our job to pause and feel into situations before we say yes to them. This is about developing our intuition and listening to our authentic self. So Jennifer used to do this to me all the time, and I always thought that she was being kind of bitchy. <laughs> but really, she was just listening to her guidance. She would, I would ask her if she would want to do something, want to go somewhere do something. And she'd look at me, and she'd just look at me and breathe for a second, and she'd go, no, I don't feel like doing that. And I'd be like, oh, well, okay. Because I came from a you know, very masterful experience of people pleasing and codependent relationships. So I would just do whatever was asked for me because I wouldn't want to upset anybody else. But she wasn't playing that game. She was listening to her guidance for what would be the best, most loving thing she could do for herself. And so she would feel into it. She'd take a moment. She wouldn't just react, say, yeah, of course, and then go do something that she didn't want to do. She'd listen to herself. She'd breathe into it. She'd with that that feel loving for me. And I saw her have really amazing transformation as a result of getting clear as to what felt loving to her, listening to her intuition, following that guidance. Yeah, thank you. That was good. Yeah, you know, and guys, this whole course is a continuing uh, a continuously expanding conversation. So we'll continue to revisit this. There's no like, there's no timeline uh, for when we're supposed to have a, you know, a breakthrough or an aha or a shift in awareness or consciousness. We'll continue to pose these questions. We'll continue to explore them together. We'll continue to have the space to share our thoughts, our ideas, our insights, our questions, our disbeliefs, our whatever, our challenges freely so that we can continue to get more insight, more freedom, more clarity. So thank you, Lisa, for sharing. Thank you, everybody who participated. Thank you, Joseph Murphy, for this awesome, great book that really opened up a lot of powerful conversations. Thank you for teaching us, Joseph Murphy, that uh, there's an aspect of our mind that just says yes. So it behooves us to get clear as to what it is we're affirming in our life. Thank you for all these wonderful techniques we can play with to work with it. Thank you for teaching us that we can create powerfully when our mind is restful. Thank you for teaching us that, you know, uh, that prayer is a 
powerful technology that we can utilize to support us and having experiences we're interested in to feeling free. Thank you for teaching us the power in altruism for dedicating our life to service, how powerful that can be. Oh, I love this little book. I think it's really great. Nothing else for all the conversations that get spark. And thank you all for being so authentic and honest during this process so we can get even more clarity for what is working for us, you know, finding the tools and the perfect uh, spiritual practice that's going to support our individual unfolding as we uh, lift up the collective. Wonderful. So, uh, Chris Tompkins, why don't you pray us out? Are there any other questions? Uh, one more little comment. Uh, March 15th, March 15th is the LA Marathon, so we cannot have service. So, the night before, or the day before, March 14th, from 4 to 6 p.m., we will be hosting an, uh, a lecture with Jacob Glass at the Heart Center, March 14th from 4 to 6 p.m. It's $20. Um, if you are being mindful with your spending and would like to in some way uh, work with the event, uh, getting it set up, taking money, um, something to that capacity, let us know. I'm sure we can uh, support you with that. If not, we'd love your support. So, uh, we begin sign-ups tomorrow for the event. Um, we, uh, as you know, his events tend to sell out because he promotes them as well. So, um, so that's, again, mark on your calendar, March 14th, 4 to 6 p.m. The parking lot in the back of the building is open and free until 6 p.m. So that's why we're doing it at 4, 4 to 6. And uh, I'll hand it over to Chris Tompkins. Okay. Dear God, I just thank you for the time that we came together today, that we were able to share each each of us today, that being the two or more that gathered together. I'm just very grateful for this journey that we're all on and the conversations that we're able to have and, and the discovery that we're able to make more and more. I just offer up any feeling of of doubt or any 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 feeling that goes against what we're learning and what we know to be true. And I just offer it up for healing and 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 I declare our truth. I declare that we move forward with what we know to be true, true for ourselves and our lives and the lives that we share with with everyone that we touch. And I just I declare that for myself and I declare it for others because we're all in this together. And I share it with everyone that I interact with today and we all share it with everyone that we interact with today and and moving forward with our day and our weekend and until we meet again. And so it is. So it is. Uh, one last note, everybody. Um, thank you, Chris, by the way, for a beautiful prayer. Chris is really becoming a prayer master, uh, like many of you guys. Really good work. Um, we begin radical forgiveness. 
next week. So we are going to read portions of the first chapter together in class next week. So there's no assigned reading for next week. We're going to do it in class. That's going to be the first part of the class. The second part will be the Byron Katie work. So the only homework that you're going to have, you'll receive, uh, I believe, on Monday. And it's going to be a Byron Katie video to watch. And I'm going to invite you to watch it and then send a paragraph on your thoughts and reflections about the video, uh, especially as it pertains to the four questions in the turnaround. So make sure to get your copy of Radical Forgiveness. And that's it. I love you guys. Have a beautiful uh, rest of your day. And I look forward to seeing uh, most of you tomorrow. Have a good week, guys. Mike, we're sending you love and light, Mike, over there on the east coast. Love and light. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.